as for us. But that is not the last thing we do today as we gather for worship and we come before the Lord. In many ways, today is a very special day for the life of Faith Baptist Church. In the past year, we've been seeking the Lord's direction, praying for His provision. We've been praying for laborers to come and join the harvest. And right now, we've been pursuing a new direction for Faith Baptist Church that we hope will better equip us to serve the church, to serve the body of believers here, but not only that, but to better reach the community around us, to reach the city around us, and ultimately to reach the far ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is who we are, that is why we exist, and that is why we are here doing what we're doing today, because we are trusting God to provide for those ends. In one way, faith, we're coming to the end of something. We're coming to the end of that year of seeking the Lord and His provision for that. But with this installation service today, we're not at the finish line. This is the start. This is the start. This is the beginning of something. This is the beginning of a new phase of life for Faith Baptist Church. And right now we're here to lay that at the feet of Jesus. We are here seeking Him to build something out of this desire to faithfully and obediently serve our King the way He has called us to do. Today we come together to install these two men, Eric and Kaiki, as pastors at Faith. And we're doing this, we're taking this step, not just to say, look at us world, look at what's going on here, or to look good or to present a good face. No, we are taking this step out of obedience to what God has told us to do in His Word. In chapter 1, verse 5 of Paul's letter to Titus, Paul tells Titus, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I have directed you. See, God has designed order for His church. He has designated an office in His church that qualified men are called to fill in each and every individual church across the entirety of His kingdom. This is a good and a necessary task. It is good because it is God's intended design for protecting and leading His church into continued obedience of faith and into continued spiritual maturity. And today as a church, we are gathering together as one body to first and foremost worship our great God and Savior. We are here to worship, but as a part of this time of worship, we are here to charge Kaiki Buell and Eric Lynch into their new roles serving as pastors at Faith Baptist Church. There's a lot of ideas and conceptions about what a pastor is and what being a pastor entails. One thing I'm convinced by Scripture that being a pastor is not, and this is something that I think a lot of Christians and a lot of churches and especially the outside world miss, one thing that being a pastor is, is, is not is that it is not a human achievement. Kaiki and Eric, you are not here before the church today because you have earned this spot. You are not here before the church today to put a sticker on your Christian report card. You are not here in this place today to gain an experience to put on your resume so that one day you may move on to the next bigger, better paying church. You are here today, men, because the Holy Spirit has worked in your lives to regenerate your dead souls, to save you from your sin. He took you from being slaves to that sin. 
and being dead in your trespasses, and he has made you alive with Christ, who is your Savior, and now you are a slave to him. That is why you are here, men. That is why you are here. This faith that you have both professed in the Lord Jesus Christ, it has transformed your life and your eternal destiny. And now you're before the church saying that you want to continue to pass that faith on. In pursuing maturity in your faith, you have pursued Christ to know Him and to imitate Him with your lives. And you have shared this faith and you have built up others with this faith and you have loved and cared for brothers and sisters in that faith. And the Holy Spirit now on the back of that has given you a desire for what Paul tells us in 1 Timothy is a noble task. This is why you sit before the church today. Not because we're making you pastors. You've already been serving that way. We're just here to make it official. I want you to go ahead and open God's Word with me now to Acts chapter 20. It's the, uh, the passage on the screen. We're going to go ahead and read uh, 17 to verse 38 together. This passage in Acts is Paul's address to the elders at the church of Ephesus. And if you're looking for a place at what it looks like to be a pastor and what, it, what, it, uh, what a pastor should look like and how he should be uh, acting, this is a fantastic place to come into the Scripture because Paul lays it right there for the, church, for the elders at the church of Ephesus in this final uh, time gathered together with them. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 17 to verses 38 together, and then we'll go ahead and dig into this a little bit and get a little bit more insight into what this role that we are uh, seeking to fill at Faith Baptist Church is. Verse 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value or as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day, I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the, world, or to the word of His grace, 
which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus and how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and they kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord. There is much in these 20 verses we just read aloud that we will not hit today. Today we are looking at these 20 verses, I think, for for three things that will help us understand what it looks like to be a pastor a little bit better. See, in this final face-to-face address at Ephesus, Paul addresses the elders of the church. And I want everyone to make a note of this too, because in the New Testament, when you see that word elder, recognize that it is a synonym for the word pastor. Most Baptist churches have adopted this terminology when, when referencing this role in the church, but when you see elder or overseer or pastor in the New Testament, these roles are synonymous. So Paul has asked this group of men, who we would call pastors, referred to in, in the scriptures, elders, to come to him for this one final address where we get this beautiful picture of what the job and the responsibilities and the expectation of a pastor or an elder are. I told you we're going to look at this in three pieces right now. Three sections that Paul gives us, I think, that instruct us on how a pastor should serve the church. Three sections, three things that a pastor would do well to emulate from the words of Paul and that the church would do well to remember in order to hold the men who seek this noble task accountable. First of these three sections, I think we see breakdown in verses 18 to 27. In those nine verses there, or ten verses, we hear Paul lay out his many trials as he has served the Lord. But in the face of those trials where he was running for his life, where he was being beaten and thrown into prison and literally dragged out of town in one instance, Paul has never, through all of that, given up on the mission that the Lord has commissioned him to do. Paul, he says, has not shrunk from declaring repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul has not held back from proclaiming the good news of the gospel. One of the first responsibilities of a pastor, a man who is an under-shepherd of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, is to preach the word in season and out of season. Do not succumb to itching ears. Do not submit yourself to the whims of the culture or of individual preference, but stand firm on the sure word of Christ and declare the whole counsel of God so that like Paul in verse 26, you may be innocent of the blood of all. The scripture tells us in James chapter 3 that not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you who teach will be judged with greater strictness. There is a great responsibility with being entrusted to this role in the church. And that responsibility is to be ready in season and out of season to declare the whole counsel of God in face of the world coming after you to call you a bigot 
and to call you hateful and to call you proud and arrogant, you stand on the word of God because it is our sure foundation and it is the responsibility and mission to which the pastor has been given to protect the church. The church's greatest need from its pastors, there's many needs the church has for their pastors, but the greatest need the church has from its pastors The one primary responsibility of every man who answers this call is to declare the whole counsel of God so that there is not blood on your hands, that you have fulfilled this responsibility before the Lord. Because we will be judged with greater strictness. The Bible tells us that. The second responsibility for a pastor, I think we see summed up in verse 28. Verse 28, Paul says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained by his own blood. Paul's telling these men who are serving the church in this role of elder, in this role of pastor, watch out for yourself. Watch out for yourself. Pay careful attention. We said earlier that this job of a pastor is not a human achievement. It is not a reward or a promotion for a lot of hard work. And even though that's the case, there are qualifications for men who seek to serve Christ's church in this way. So pastors, if you you seek to serve the church in this way, how are you loving your wife? How are you raising your kids? How do you represent your king in this world? We said that the world will come to tear down a pastor. The world will come to make a mockery of the men who are supposed to exemplify what it means to love and to follow Jesus. And when they fall, the pain echoes and reverberates across the kingdom. Does it not? So watch yourselves, pastors. You have an enemy who is coming for you, who is coming for your family. You have a flesh that's trying and clawing and fighting to dig its way back up out of that water where it was buried in baptism with Christ. Watch yourselves. Watch yourselves. Any man who answers this call to shepherd the church must heed Paul's warning to watch yourself. Because this role is not about you and all the great things that you will do. This role is about your passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ. And by answering his call to serve the church and to lead the church, you are leading them to passionately pursue Jesus Christ. And you will not give them what you do not have. So watch out for yourself and examine yourself. Men, watch out for your families. Watch out for their spiritual well-being. Care for your families. Love your families. Raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, trusting that the Lord will bring regeneration in their life and bring them to faith and repentance and belief. But do not abscond from your responsibilities to train them and to teach them. Die for your wives daily, men, if you want to be a pastor. Die for them because they are there to love and support you and they are your first ministry in the church. Watch yourself. Watch your families. Not only watch your families, but a pastor is to watch for his flock. 
Paul tells us, fierce wolves are coming that will try to draw disciples away. So pastors, you are to watch yourself and stay grounded in the truth of Christ. And in turn, you are to pay careful attention to the flock for the same. This world is coming to beat us down and to drag us back down into the mire and the muck. And rather than us looking up to the heavens at the glory of Christ, this world wants us to fix our eyes on the dust of the earth where all the problems and all the pain and all the suffering and everything that we deal with feels so close and so hard to get out and away from our eyes. And we need to be encouraging our flock to look up away from ourselves to Christ who is the one who will deliver us from every thorn in the flesh, from every tear, who is the one we will stand before and we will praise and glorify for eternity. Watch your flock, church. Keep their eyes, or watch your flock, pastors. Keep their eyes fixed on the chief shepherd who is the founder and the perfecter of their faith. Watch yourself. Watch your family. Watch your flock if you want to be a pastor. The final thing I think we see in this address to the Ephesian elders instructs us with how a pastor and his church are to relate to one another. These final three verses here in 36 through 38, as Paul is ready to be sent off, he comes with the Ephesian elders. They gather around, and what do they do? They embrace Paul. And they're sorrowful. They're not going to see him again. This is a man that they love, right? This is a man that they have been to battle with, to war with. This is a man who has taught them and loved them and encouraged them and has given them this full counsel of the Word of God. There's a tremendous love and care for one another that we see in these final three verses. Paul, this man who said many times in his various letters to follow after his pattern, has this tremendous love for the church at Ephesus and the men who are shepherd in it. And we see it on full display in verses 36 to 38. And this kind of love and care for one another is something that every elder in Christ's church should strive to emulate. This is something we should look to the example of Paul and we should say, yes, let's follow that example that Paul left us in that way. Pastors should not be off in their offices and unaware of the cares and the concerns of the flock because pastors are not merely employees of the church to which they're called. It's not your job to just prepare and say, I'll see you guys Sunday. That's an important aspect of it. Any man who wants to be a pastor should be well-trained and well-studied and prepared to do the hard work of getting into the Scripture to bring something spiritually edifying to the church. Absolutely true. But that is not the full uh, length of your call. Pastors, you should be praying with your churches. Pastors, you should be weeping with your churches. Pastors, you should be embracing your church members. You should be worshiping and rejoicing with your churches. Pastors, I love this, the way John Piper described this. Pastors need to smell like the sheep. When you're doing the work that Christ has called you to, you're a shepherd, right? 
Anybody been around sheep? They don't smell good. You should be in the muck, in the mud, in the dirt, digging them out of the swamp that they have been stuck in, fighting off the wolves, bleeding and crying as they've gone astray. You should smell like your sheep if you're a pastor because they are yours and you have a responsibility that Christ has given you to protect from spiritual wolves. You have a responsibility in the body of Christ to be in the middle of the life of the church, consoling people, caring for people, pointing people back to Christ. I've seen it, and I'm sure you probably have seen it before. You probably, if not, you've heard stories of churches and pastors that go off the rails. Churches that turn into battles between their pastor and the congregation. Right? Things, whatever comes up, something that breeds contempt between the two, and there becomes this battle and this fight. And what does it do? It brings reproach upon the church. It leads to splits. It leads to people wandering off and leaving the faith and all manner of things that ultimately defame the name of Christ. So I think from these last three verses, the love and the care and the tenderness that Paul has towards these Ephesian elders and the, the um, following in that same pattern that the elders do, it tells us that pastors don't fall into the snare of the devil because you're not a separate piece of the body. You are a part of the body of Christ. So pastors, love your church. And church, love your pastors. Love your pastors. Four things that I think we get out of this as we consider what it is to be a pastor. One, we said declare the whole counsel of God. First and foremost, your, your main responsibility. Second, pay careful attention to your faith, to your family's faith, and to the faith of the flock. The third thing, love the church, and church, love the men who serve you as pastors. This is what it looks like to be a pastor. This is what it looks like for a church to have a pastor. This is why the Bible says it's a noble task and it's a good thing to desire to serve the church in this way. And that's what it is. It's an office of service. It's not an achievement. It's not something to stick on your resume. It's an act of service to the church. On the back of that, I would like to invite Kaiki and Eric to come to the front of the church. Brothers, you've heard... My words today, we've seen the words of Paul in Acts chapter 20. And these are words which you should not take lightly. These are words hopefully to encourage the congregation, to instruct the congregation, to hopefully help the congregation love Jesus more as we embrace looking more like what his church should. These are heavy words and this is a heavy responsibility but brothers, I've spent the last eight months in calls and, and uh, meetings and just times together with you, and I've got to know you both, and I know you both love the Lord Jesus. I know you love His church, and I know you have a heart to see His people strengthen in their faith, grow in their faith, and I know you have a heart to reach the lost. And that's the heart of a pastor. So the words that I laid out to encourage the church today, they have a special meaning for the two of you. 
And right now, as you stand before the church and we stand before God, I have four charges I want to give to both of you specifically that relate directly to this text that will commend you to the church and its service. Are we ready? Kaiki and Eric, I charge you right now to declare the whole counsel of the word. As you pursue this noble task, men, you must preach the whole counsel of God. You must preach it in season and out of season. You must preach it in order to reprove and rebuke and exhort and with complete patience and understanding to build the man of faith. Complete. You are to stand firm on this whole counsel of God. You are to stand firm on this word that you have been taught by the Scriptures. Do not be ashamed of the Gospel, men, for it is the power of God unto salvation. As you bring God's word to the church and out into the world, be ready to declare the whole counsel of God. When you do this, the second charge I want to give you, men, is to pay careful attention to yourself and to your family. Kaiki and Eric, as I stand here to charge you this now, to pay attention to yourself and your family. What I'm charging you to do is to watch your heart and your soul and your mind. To pay careful attention when the enemy is at work and your flesh is at work and is trying to draw you away from Christ, back into the sin that had once ruled over you. But you are now a new creation in Christ and he has freed you from that sin and you stand here as evidence of the work that Christ does inside of his people. When I tell you to pay attention to yourself, I'm telling you to remain sober-minded, not wavering with the, the opinions of the world, not wavering on our own insecurities. Pay attention to yourself. Do not let the enemy come to tempt you away from the inheritance that Christ has promised to give you. See Christ and his righteousness first. Commit yourselves to knowing nothing but Christ and him crucified. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to yourself by teaching these things to your children. When you rise, when you lie down, and when you walk by the way, so that you are laboring for the Lord and for your family to raise up a house that would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And seek to train up your children in that way they should go. So that when they're older, they do not depart from it. Do not neglect your children, men. Do not neglect your children. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your children. And pay attention to your wives and their well-being. She is your first ministry. Do not leave her behind so you can go to serve the church. A man cannot lead in God's church if he does not know how to lead his own household. Lead your wife well. Care for her well. She doesn't come second to what you're doing here. Be a man ready to conform to Christ by dying for her, to see her lifted up for her good. Be ready to wash her in the water of the word so that the faith the two of you share would be the foundation of your marriage and the place that the two of you find true joy together. It is in Christ who will hold your marriages strong, who will hold them together through good and bad, and who will see you through.
and ensure your qualifications are upheld as you serve the church. Do not, do not fail to pay attention to your wives. Will you do this, men? Charge three, pay careful attention to the flock of God that is among you. I want to charge both of you right now with the careful attention of this flock. Christ has obtained these people with his own blood. They are his, and you serve him. Now in your pursuit to serve him as a pastor in his church, you serve as this under-shepherd to our chief shepherd, King Jesus. Do not exercise oversight with compulsion. Do not seek to domineer over those who are in your care. Do not seek shameful gain on the back of Christ's church and warn the church when you see those who do. Pay careful attention to the flock because Paul tells us, God's word tells us throughout, there are fierce wolves coming. Be men who are ready and ever vigilant to point people to Jesus, to remind the church of the great hope we have in Jesus, to keep watch truly over the souls of the people of this church. Smell like your sheep. Be there for them. Rejoice with them. Weep with them. Worship with them because you'll be worshiping with them for eternity. This is just the first taste. Conform to Christ in every way in your life and seek to conform to Christ in how you lead and shepherd. Pay careful attention to the flock and build a love for them that you will show them as you serve here. Will you do this, men? The fourth charge I want to lay to the church. Church, I want to charge you with making the jobs of the pastors of this church a joy. The final charge here at Faith Baptist Church is for you to look at men who raise their hands and say, yes, I want to serve. Yes, I want to be a laborer for the harvest. And the Lord has provided for us in that way. So let's rejoice together today for that faith, for the Lord's provision Let's continue to seek him now for your pastors in prayer and fasting and worship and fellowship. Continue to seek him for his continued provision. This is not the end of something. This is the beginning of something for us, faith. These men who stand before you, church, to join with the work of pastoring, of shepherding this flock, are committing themselves to watch over your souls. They are committing themselves to stand before God one day and give an account for you. You are people who they have been entrusted to care for. So church, I charge you now to make this job a joy for them so that they may serve you without groaning, like the writer of Hebrews says. Because this is no advantage to you, church. This is your charge, church. This is your charge. I want to invite... Pastor Brian up now. We're going to go ahead and lay hands on these two men. And once the elders have this time of laying hands on them and and calling them to faithful service in the church, we're going to have a time of prayer where we'll invite the congregation to come up and lay hands on them as well. We'll do that in just a second. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these men.
We thank you for this congregation. Thank you for friends and family that have uh, been able to make it today uh, to see this um, ordination uh, service uh, that you would uh, just, we commit these men to you. We commit their wives, their children, their families to you. Lord, help us to, uh, as Matt said, uh, love them and love them well and to not be a burden to them, not be those who sit in the tent door and complain and grumble. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to uh, keep their eyes on Christ, that they would uh, also not neglect their, their wives and their children, as has been said, that you would guide and direct them and give them wisdom in raising their families, that you would give them wisdom and guide them in being part of this church. Help us to not expect any more out of them than we would expect out of our own wives or husbands or children. And just pray, Lord, that uh, you would just be with them and guide them through your Holy Spirit to do uh, what you have uh, called for them to do. And what we believe, uh, as Matt and I have met with them, they seem to be honest, loving, sincere, humble men, as well as their wives. Uh, they seem to be very loving and humble as well and seem to be helpmates from what we've heard. So I pray that you would just help all of them and guide them and direct them and I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified today and in the coming days, months, years, however long you give us, uh, may we glorify you here at Faith Baptist and may these men in the congregation all love each other well. You said in your word, and as Matt finished the sermon, um, they will know you are mine, Christ said, because of their love for one another. So help us to love one another. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we've sought your will, Lord, through this process, and we've prayed, and we have, have just uh, agonized over the future of Faith Baptist Church and what you would have for it, Father, and you have laid out everything, Lord, to bring us to this point. So I, I praise you, God, for this opportunity you've given us, Lord. As we have prayed for laborers to join us for the harvest, God, you have provided, and you have brought uh, two men that said, uh, that want to raise their hands and, and say they want to serve the church. So, Father, I pray that right now uh, this church would just be blessed by your provision. God, I pray that Kaiki and Eric would, uh, would learn and grow and love this flock, Lord. Lord, let us just serve them well, Lord. Let us see this, this flock grow. Let us see us reach our community, Father, with, with the good news of the gospel, Lord. Let us be a place, Lord, where, um, where Father, people know you are here, and the people who are here, Lord, uh, have truly encountered you. So God, let them lead well in their love for you. Let them love their wives and their, their children well. Let them love this flock well, God. And I pray right now that you just uh, you continue to work in us as a church. Continue to make us more faithful, more obedient. Lord, use us for whatever end you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Faith Baptist Church, I want to introduce you to our two newest elders, Eric and Kaiki. Please welcome them. Thank you, man. It's a joy today to get to do that. This is uh, the end of a path that we've been pursuing for a while, and we praise God for his faithfulness and for, for his provision. But church, don't, for, don't forget 
This is the beginning. This is the start of what God is using Faith Baptist Church for in this place, in this city, in this country, and across the world. So let's be encouraged by today. Let's celebrate today what God is doing. And let's get ready for the next thing that God is bringing our way. Amen? Amen. If you would, the last thing we have for us today is to sing. To sing praises to our God. So please stand with me, and we'll have one final song, and then I'll come back up and close out the service in just a minute.